Star Wars Rebels Season 4, the premiere has happened. Now, as all of you know, this is the uh, final season of Rebels, and it will be over in about a month. Oh, really? They're doing two episodes every Monday. They are pile-driving through this final season. See, that bothers me. What makes them think they need to get this done and off the air? It's a very enjoyable show. It's one of the best Star Wars products in years. They should be savoring it. Well, I agree with you on that. That being said, I'm also one for going out on your own terms. Now, granted, Disney XD, I, maybe it's Disney XD that's doing We Want to Put It All in One Month, and maybe it is the Star Wars Story Group saying the sooner we get this done, the sooner we can start hyping our new series. Oh, yeah. You know what? That's probably Because remember, Hidalgo, Pablo, not Pablo Hidalgo, uh, Dave Filoni is the head of you know, uh, Star Wars animation. We know he is working on some new show. Have we heard anything about the, the, the time Not period? or at all. I have Excellent. a feeling we probably won't hear about that until next month or December when Rebels officially ends. Oh, well, that case, come on, Rebels, hurry up and die. No, 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 no. But that being said, we had the hour-long premiere, and it was, well, um, Mandalore. It was. We got to spend an hour on Mandalore. And not only that, but they brought back Katie Sackhoff as Duchess Satine's sister, Obi-Wan Kenobi's one true love, who died by Darth Maul, who took the Darksaber, which if you've been following Rebels, you know this entire story. And if you haven't been following Rebels, what the fuck is wrong with you? It is a great show. It is. Maybe it's a little late to hop on at this point. But you know what? You would probably still enjoy it anyway. At, but no, if, if you haven't started watching it yet, you can find it. There's various seasons online in various legal and non-legal places. Find the show. It's not just good Star Wars. It's a good science fiction. It is, which Star Wars is not always. Doesn't always bother me. <laughs> It, yeah, no, it has had it has had its moments, but I mean, all of the characters are great. It has very, very interesting stories. This two-parter was about, of course, Sabine going home and trying to find her, which I did not know her dad was an artist. Had that been established before that he was an artist? No, I think that was a reveal. That was the reveal. Okay, that was kind. That was kind of a neat reveal. But uh, Sabine goes home to try and um, get you know. Find I do like. Her. I do like one of the things they says. Oh, so I've always wondered because you know, Sabine is this you know, basically a bounty hunter archetype. If we're going to talk in gaming terms, right. um, and yet she's always airbrushing her armor and everything that she can get her hands on, always expressing herself artistically. And uh, I think it's. Um, Ezra says, oh, when he finally meets the father, that's, I guess that's where Sabine gets her artistic talent. And the dad says, no, no, no. She gets her, she gets that from her mother who mother. always finds, who, who, who always finds very creative ways to kill people. <laughs> and I loved the fact that this is the first time they've seen each other since she left. And we know she left on her disgrace because she built the weapon. And we'll get to the weapon in a second. We didn't know what kind of weapon it was. Or I, I can't remember if we knew what kind of weapon it was up no, to this point. No, they were vague. They were vague. Yeah. Well, we know what it is now. Uh, we know all Mandalore pretty much hated her. Last season, it took her a while for her mom, you know, to reconcile with her. Hell, her mom even turned her in at one point. Oh, yeah. Here's here's a stupid thing. Let me point out a stupid thing. Amongst, oh, amongst all the good things. So Sabine, a Mandalorian from, a, from one of the major houses, apparently descended from leaders 
makes a weapon that will basically only kill Mandalorians. That's like, that's like, I don't know, here's probably a really bad uh, analogy, but it's like, uh, you know, um, a German scientist in World War II running into the Chancellery and saying, Mein Fuhrer, we perfected a, uh, a super weapon that only kills Germans. That's a slight problem, but we're really proud of it. Um, that's basically what she, and they go, why did you do that? Why would you create a weapon that only kills your own people? And she goes, well, it was a challenge. You see, I, as stupid as this sounds, and you're right, it does sound kind of stupid, I actually didn't mind that because, you know, I mean, it, it, to me it kind of felt like, um, to use a, another analogy, you know, kind of the, uh, I'm trying to think of the, the guy's name, um, Werner Von Braun. Yeah, I don't think that... <laughs> I don't think they were going that far. I really don't. But I mean, in, I kind of took it as she was doing it as something very analytical. It was something that her mind could wrap around. And in her own like little, I want to do this. I honestly don't think that she ever thought that it would be used. I think it, I do think she was thinking entire academically. Yeah, it was stupid on her part, but I do think it was in character. Well, I was glad that I was at first. I was thought, oh, I'm set. she's going to lose the sword, the dark saber, and she worked so hard in one of the best episodes of season three. Yes, to master it, and now she's handed it off to a more competent leader who didn't betray everybody. Actually, no, I changed my mind. That's a good thing, Sabine. <laughs> you're an idiot. <laughs> and ever, I don't. And now I'm just going. Why did everyone forgive you again? I did like how they brought. I can't even think of Katie Sackhoff's character. I can't remember what her name actually is. Oh, okay. Satine's sister. Fine. I don't even know who Satine is. Oh, oh, oh! You don't remember her from the Clone Wars? Uh, you know what? I've only seen i I didn't watch Clone Wars when it was on, and I when I got to Netflix, oh, okay. I, I started. Oh, I'll catch up on this, and I got maybe two, three seasons into it. And, oh, this is fun, but then other things were happening. So I'm short I'm version. Short version, um, Satine is actual, was actually the ruler of Mandalore during the Clone Wars, and Obi-Wan Kenobi fell in love with her, and he was going to, he wanted to leave the Jedi Order for her. Well, he probably should have. Yeah, I agree with you on that, but she said, no, we have our roles to play, and then she was assassinated by Darth Maul, and that's how he got the Darksaber. Oh, okay, that answers that question. I was A little bit curious. of back before you there. Probably more than anybody yeah. needs, but... Um... <laughs> But I, I, did, I really did like how the first time father and daughter see each other after he saved her, um, you know, you're expecting what is he going to do? Is he going to be nasty like mom was? And the first thing that he does is start talking about her art. That was a nice little what the fuck moment. Yeah. And they kind of set it up earlier when they're uh, when the stormtroopers go into the back of the um, prison transport where he's chained up and say, all right, well, we're going to be in the capital soon and where, where you're, you know, you'll be executed. And he goes, oh, I love the Capitol. The arc, it's a sublime expression of our architectural yep. heritage. And you're like, oh, okay, you're an odd duck for a Mandalorian. <laughs> and I loved how the running gag throughout the entire episode was Ezra not being able to, to work the jetpack. Ah, it was a little, that was a little old for me. I was a little like, See, really? I, I isn't, isn't he past the point of being the goofy kid who goes, oh, and you know, he's pinwheeling across the sky like Arnold Stang. Two uh, things, two things. 
Um, one, considering how heavy the episode was, I thought that was a nice little comic relief. And two, at least in my opinion, he's still a teenager. He's still going to be goofy occasionally, whether he's a Jedi or not. And he's not technically, I mean, considering he hasn't gone through the full training, I bought it. I, I see your point. I do see your point, but I didn't mind it. Okay. I did like the fact that it was super dark. Basically, the first episode of this two-part um, premiere has most of their their allies cooked to a crisp inside their own armor by this weapon that's being stupidly made and there's nothing the left of, of them and nothing left of them but ash and i'm thinking at the end of the episode she thinks her mom and her brother is dead right so i'm and while i'm still thinking that before they push yeah, that on it I i'm thinking too, yeah. wow this really got dark Oh man, this is very exciting. They might all die at the end of the series. Oh, I got my hopes up. I know I got my hopes up, but they might all die. Well, now we know they're not because we know that what's her face um, was in Rogue One. Well, we don't know that. We, well, we know her was ship mentioned. was. She was we know her, no General Sindula. That could have been her dad. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Point taken. Valid point. I didn't even think that. That is, although everybody, everybody does assume that it's her. Because that's all I keep hearing is What's that her term. Name? I never even. Uh, I don't even can't even think of her first name. I, I'm horrible with names. I'm worse at names than you are, Scott. Uh, I I I think that's probably true, Jack. Um, Jeff, not Jack. Ah, yes. Uh, what the hell's her name? Ah, I can't remember. Oh, Hera, Hera. Yeah. So Hera, if anyone's going to live, I would kind of like it to be Hera because she was sort of, I kind of like it when someone's there at the beginning, they recruit everybody and then everyone dies but them. It's got that kind of feel like the end of the Seven Samurai where the two old guys <laughs> are going to like, oh, well, we lived We lived again. That's weird. Um, I just sort of like that that fatalism. It just seems like Damn, there is there is a swarm of Jedi. Ezra's popping a lightsaber and and Kanan's popping a lightsaber and there and nobody seems surprised. None of that you'd think that that the stormtroopers are going to go, "Hey, wait a minute. They're all supposed to be dead." And they're okay, just play, they're, playing devil's advocate on that. Since Thrawn did encounter them, I'm sure he. I'm sure people know that. That I'm sure that Thrawn oh. informed people that there are still Jedi out there. So that's why they're not bothering being stealthy about it anymore. All right, that makes sense. Well, okay. Also, they are stormtroopers, and stormtroopers were stormtroopers. And boy, did they kill a bunch of them when Sabine uh, breached the core of her weapon and they fried the inside of a destroyer. What? How many thousands of people died? And I, I yep. thought. I thought they were going to do something. I thought they would just destroy the weapon. No, they killed nope. everybody too. They, they killed yep. thousands of people in this yep. episode. Yep. So um, it, was a, it was a gargantuan. Holy fuck! This is more death than I think the original trilogy. Up till now, I think the the only Disney Channel show with a higher episode a per episode body count is maybe the Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. You know, Those, I believe you're right on that. They killed a lot of motherfuckers in that show. But um, I remember the cannibalism episode where they were stranded on the desert island. That was my favorite. I made a big mistake because I watched that before I'd had dinner. I was very hungry. It was really, it was, uh, I, I, I wound up eating a whole uh, box of uh, Chex Mix. So here's the thing. Oh, wait, uh, real fast, real fast. Yes. Uh, before you get to your thing, I wanted to finish my thing. 
Um, the thing that I did like about, you know, the whole Sabine, blah, 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 she's stupid, why are they being nice to her? I really liked how Katie Sackhoff's character, she didn't warm up to her, but it was, I liked the whole, all right, she's come back to face her actions, she seems to be okay, that's all right. I mean, it's, it's, I agree with you that Sabine is an idiot for designing that fucking weapon, but, um, I really did like how... Um, the Duchess's sister, that's what I'm going to call her since I can't remember her fracking name. Oh, it probably rhymes with Sabine. Satine, Sabine, apparently every yeah. Mandalorian, yeah, really. every Mandalorian female has some name that rhymes with that. But I did like, I did like her relationship with, with, with Sabine during that let's episode. Call her, let's call her Duchess Creatine. <laughs> I'm just going to call her Starbuck. Okay. <laughs> but I, I, and, and I did really, really like the ending with everybody standing there and because I was wondering, all right, are they going to, are they going to let Sabine stay on Mandalore? I thought that'd be a nice way to get rid of her. And then I thought, Oh, okay. Starbucks, the leader Sabine staying with the ghost crew. That's cool. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to get rid of her. I mean, she, I she's agree with stupid you. and, but you know, she's not, but she's likable. She's not as much she of a liability as, likeable. uh, as some of the, Hey, where was Zeb in this episode? Yeah, I know. I know. I guess he was on the ship with Hera. Um, Speaking so of I, every single episode, it seems lately, since that they got that damn dark saber, ends with somebody lifting it over their head and a bunch of Mandalorians squatting. Well, on the plus side, that should be it at least for a while. Now that the dark saber is gone, too, it's new, the new ruler of Mandalore, and we may go back there. But feeling from now on, we're going to be off in other places. I'm hoping. Well, culturally, culturally speaking, anthropologically speaking, uh, it did do one nice thing. It did. It did a couple things. One, there was some. There was some deep lore cuts in this. I yeah. mean the, the the weapon the weapon doesn't affect stormtrooper armor, which is apparently some sort of composite material. It only reacts with the Beskar alloy in the uh, Mandalorian armor, which okay, if you're gonna throw in Beskar, that's that's getting pretty that's that's, that's put put on your core. put on yes, put on your Star Trek lore hip waders because it's it's gonna start sloshing around your crotch. Um and <laughs> And they they gave Star Countess Starbuck um, a nice little <laughs> moment at the end because yes, she did. I mean, not, not just not I don't and I don't mean when she she uh, you know was crowned queen or whatever the right. hell they've got because the, the thing about the Mandalorians, especially if you if you play them or play against them in in the, the gaming universe, like for instance in in uh, Star Wars: The Old Republic MMO, MMO they are pretty ruthless. Yeah, they are they are unsentimental and will cut a bitch. Yeah. But they're also the the thing that that gets forgotten is that they do have this inflexible warrior code, and she basically uh, kind of like the Klingons, haha. <laughs> which we'll get to that. In a we'll little get bit too. to that. We'll get to that. There's no way to avoid it. No. Um, so so when ba- when uh, S- Sabine uh, performs that uh, that hoary old classic of uh, sci-fi entertainment by basically reversing the polarity on the weapon. So now... She pulled a, she pulled a Doctor Who. That's Yes, right. exactly. Now it fries stormtroopers and not Mandalorians. Which and you she, knew that was going to happen. Yeah, when yeah. That little setup. You knew she was going to do it. As soon as she walked over, it's like, all right, I'll do what you want. Just don't kill her. I'm like, she's going to switch it. Yeah. She's and, going, you know, that's what she's going to do. Come on. And, yes. you know, Star, uh, Pr- uh, Princess Starbucks like, no, don't, you can. I was like, oh, I have well, to. I'm like, no, she's, they're, they're dead. All the stormtroopers are dead. But okay. th- this was about, this is the one thing I took away from it. 
was they kind of because the Mandalorians are sort of annoying. They're always worried about their honor and stepping on each other's toes. And they're always taking offense. They're always shooting before asking questions. And so they are, they're all the, these sort of lunk-headed hotheads. But they do have this, this, this Bushido code. So when, yeah. she, when uh, Sabine is microwaving all the stormtroopers like uh, baked potatoes in their own armor, for a character on this show, and let's face it, the expressions uh, on these characters are are not really that evocative. It's kind of a it's kind of a chunky, inexpressive form of animation. Very she's true. got she's got murder in her eyes. And yeah. the woman and yeah. you would think you would think the woman whose whose sister was the leader of, of Mandalore and who's got a hard on for for killing the Empire and avenging her, her sister sees you know, the, all these helpless people um, roasting away in their own juices. And she's and she says, "This isn't how we fight. This isn't us. This is what we do. This is what they do." And they go, "Okay, they're a necessary corrective yep. to the way the Mandalorians have been portrayed in the show. Not that they've been portrayed incorrectly, but they have been portrayed unidimensionally." They That's have, the have, word. Thank you. I was looking for the right word. Thank you, sir. So uh, I like that moment. And uh, after that, I, I didn't. I didn't really have any history. Or interest in in Countess Starbuck, but after that, I thought, right. oh, okay, oh, I'm all right. I'm fine with them making you a leader because you are you are not a an idiot. <laughs> but like I said, uh, if 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 you have been watching it, it's on Mondays now. It's going to be, I think, for the next two months, maybe just until November, maybe until December. I don't know, but they are going to be plowing through this final season. So, um, yeah, it's going to go fast, and I'm going to be sad in a few months. Me too. Uh, I think I'll you be, can watch I'll it on the. I'll be excited to see what the next Filoni, you know, um, endeavor is. But I'm going to miss these folks. I really am. I am too. I hope they die. Um, I want some of them to die. I well, I definitely want some of them to die. I I mean, ideally, I because because if I didn't care about the characters, I wouldn't care what happened to them. But yeah. I want them. I want them all to go out in a blaze of glory that explains why they don't show up in any of the first in in Rogue One on. I want them to just be dead because they're, they're, they were such central figures in the formation of the rebellion that if they don't see it through, I'm going to be I'm going to be personally offended. So I want them to just be dead. Um, I want them to I want them to go rogue one on it and just kill the whole cast. But if they save some of them, I will be fine with that, too. Considering um, this is considering this is a Disney children's show. I mean, OK, yeah, they killed like the population of a small moon in the pilot, I mean, in, in the premiere, but um, I'm, I, I am hesitant to think that they would kill off the entire cast of a cartoon oh, show. That being said, I did not think Disney would kill off everybody in rogue one, even though I wanted them to. So we may get that. Yeah. And I would, I would, I mean, I want Kanan to die because I think that that's, he sort of, I don't want to say he wants to die. I don't think he does. But I think he feels like that would complete his journey because he should have died with his master. He should have died. See, I, yeah, I, I've, I've been thinking 66. the same thing. Yep. Yeah. His hero, his hero's journey needs to end when this series ends. Yes, he needs to go out in a big blaze of glory. Uh, some something, some some rich, meaty, chewy, self-sacrificial gesture. Saving, saving his love, Hera. That would be great. That would be great because I love the. I, I mean, they they kind of hinted. That there was something between them early they on. They started it. Yeah, they they've been and then they dropped it. Hints. 
They and dropped then it. this episode, that conversation was amazing. Well, even at the end of season three, yeah, she was calling him love, and they were uh, they were. And I was thinking, all right, they they. It seems like they they had a thing, and then they dropped it because the show became about him training, and by by which I mean controlling the chaos that Ezra's powers cause. And then it became all about the missions. And, and then, like, at the end of season three, they start. there were a few things, including uh, the conversations he had with her during the Darksaber when he was training Sabine. Oh, that's true. Right. Uh, there's a little bit of that, oh, hey, remember when we were in love? Oh, yeah. I thought we were going to do it. We probably we still could. We got another season. Let's do it. So I kind of hope that they develop, because that will make it all the more poignant, especially if she does live, as was clearly hinted in Rogue One. So the only reason I would want Kanan to live is if somehow there were some live action prequel and they got Freddie Prinze to play the character in live action. <laughs> he because said, he, he, he looks he looks he looks great and uh bet he could do it. He's a I I I I've worked with Freddie Prinze. I like him, he's a great guy. Oh really? Yeah, I worked with him on uh The Reef. He oh, Okay. All right. All right. Wow. No, he seems like every th- everything that I've seen about him, he seems like a great guy, and he's a geek, which makes me happy. Yeah, he's like most of the actors. They they come in, um, and you know, as soon as they call lunch, they'll go. You know, they'll grab something from the catering table, and then they'll go get on their cell phones. But um, he sat down with the crew, and ate with us, and was chatty and. And the guy's nice. married to Buffy. I mean, come on. Yeah, I I think I've told this. I may have told this story before, but but there's you you know when they're when voice actors are, are doing recordings, there are things they called efforts where you don't have lines. They go, okay, we need some efforts now. So it's like you just grunt or you moan. Is that what they're called? Scr- yes. So it's I like, have learned my new thing for the day. Thank you again, Scott. You're welcome. So, I did not know that. They dub that in when some, you know, some when their character is climbing a cliff or they get knocked down or get whatever, punch that type of shit. The vocal and, effects, basically, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. And so there's a scene in the reef where the hero Pi, who's uh, Freddie Prince, gets chased into an old pirate ship by his <laughs> bigger okay. fish. I know, so, I know what you're talking yeah. about. So that's he, right, Scott, I watched this too. That's right. So he puts a. <laughs> He like swims inside a skull and starts swimming around the the pirate ship with the skull, making ghost sounds, so that they'll think yeah. the the other fish will think it's haunted. Um, man, I didn't realize how stupid that sounded until I said it out loud. Anyway, it works in the movie. It um, works in the movie. So the director Richard Epcar was saying, okay, so we need some efforts. Then now we need you know these sort of ghostly sounds, and he was he was going, oh, oh, oh. and at one point, Richard said, yeah, great, you sound like a cantor. And uh, uh, Freddie Prince, without missing a beat, said, that's why I married a Jew. <laughs> I have not heard that story. Okay. So um, that's, that's pretty freaking funny. They could use him in live, act- in live action. I would like to see, I would like to see that. Uh, I know other a- people have mentioned that too. I remember um, Freddie Prince Jr. was on... Um, has been on Collider's Star Wars show several times. Oh, has he? Okay. Yeah, he and Sam Witwer have shown up several times on the show. Mm-hmm. And um, I know that the, uh, the, 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 the Collider Star Wars people have asked him if he would be interested in doing it. And he was kind of like, he would, but he doesn't think that he looks right for the part. Really? 
he doesn't think he looks enough like Kanan to do it. Mm. Which yeah. I, I'm, I'm one of those that says, who cares? It's a live action movie based on a cartoon. Play him. Yeah, but that will never happen. Anyway, uh, yeah. so he's he's going to die. I'm calling it. Kanan's going to die. I would be surprised if Ezra lived. But on the other hand, he's a kid. So killing him is more morally problematic for the for a Disney Channel. See, show. I'm hoping, I'm still hoping that he goes dark. I know it won't happen, but I would still, I don't know. I want, I want to see Ezra go dark. Well, then you still have the same problem of, of him why doesn't he show up on the Empire side in subsequent? See, uh, that's what I, I'm still... Unless, unless Kanan has to kill him. He goes dark. That... To redeem him, he lets Kanan kill him. And then Kanan allows himself to be killed because he's he's killed the closest thing he'll ever have to a son. Ooh, I would... Man, this show, this, this show has me thinking dark thoughts. We should, we, and, and for, it's a cartoon. You. It's on for the you, Disney yes. Channel. Wow. I know, and we're sitting here talking about murder. This is awesome. 